It's not just another boring podcast from some loser broadcasting from his mom's basement. It's from his dingy garage instead. Whatever, man. We cover everything. Pop culture, food, let me guess, tacos again? That's that's what this show's about. Politics, sports, entertainment, and whatever the hell else is on his mind. I have an addictive personality. Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Scared to tell us the city, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. <laughs> Woo! Yes, yes, yes. My Dodgers, back in the World Series again. That's right, baby. Four more wins. Again, everybody, four more wins. Damn, if y'all thought I was obnoxious the last episode, man, I'm about to get ignorant on this episode. What's good, y'all? It's Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner, my government name. Welcome to the Big Brother Jake Podcast, episode four. So glad that you tuned in, whether you went on soundcloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast or on iTunes, do the search, the Big Brother Jake Podcast. If you're a smart and loyal listener, you definitely uh, subscribed because you got it before everybody else. So you're smart. You're smart. Yeah, I got to brush up on my terrible Boston uh, accent. Uh, you, wicked smart. It's a pissa, right? Going to hear a lot of that, I, I'm assuming. Yes, Dodgers made it to the World Series. I was off by one game. I was off by one game. I predicted they would win it in six. Well, game six, they wet the bed. I looked stupid, and I was actually nervous. Um, on Twitter, um, you could either, if you follow me on Twitter, it's Big Brother Jake, at Big Brother Jake, or at the BBJ podcast. And um, I was sending a tweet to one of my uh, former hosts, Jason Smith. Shout out to Jason Smith. Uh, and uh, I told him Milwaukee must be a miserable place to live. And I completely pissed off an entire city and state. Um, what do you know about that? You know, you've probably never been to Milwaukee. Come on, man. I worked for the Dodgers. Of course I went to Milwaukee. But I knew they were going to beat them. I knew they were going to beat them. I was just off one game. But here we are. City of Los Angeles is a buzz right now. I've been throughout all of L.A. I went through downtown, obviously, because I worked there. I was in Hollywood earlier today getting a pulse of the city. And this city is ready. They're not satisfied with just going, though. They want to win a World Series. And damn it, I want to win one, too. I'm beating up the table because I have to show my emphasis on what I want. And that's a World Series title to come back to Los Angeles. Because I was 12 years old the last time it happened. And hell, I don't remember anything at 12 other than Kirk Gibson's home run. That and being in sixth grade and the Lakers winning in that summer before. So, Dodgers, Red Sox, World Series 2018. First game is Tuesday, which is tomorrow as I record this podcast. Game one in Fenway Park. And I got to say, I love Fenway. I've been there in 2004 when the Dodgers took on the Red Sox in uh, one of the interleague series they had that, uh, that year. It's a fantastic ballpark. But I will say I had a lot of bad experiences at that, uh, outside of that ballpark on Yaki Way wearing Dodger gear. I get it. They're down for their team. But they don't need to call me N-words and Hollywood flaming rhymes with rags getting off the bus not cool but boston's a great city other than that i hate the celtics 
Uh, I don't really care about the Bruins, go Kings. I don't really care about um, the Red Sox, other than I respect them. And um, am I missing anyone else? Oh, the Patriots, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, whatever. But Los Angeles is a buzz. The city's ready to explode. They don't want to see champagne unless we win all four. Forget the National League championship they want a world series title here in la and so do i and all my homies and my home girls everybody wants a title in la now getting down to business and side note it's not gonna be an all sports show um but this is a big topic in my world and my show is a show to get away kind of an escape yeah i know i said i talk politics but i try to avoid it this is a time where you can just tune in and say man i'm hanging out with my homeboy you know, or just some loudmouth or I hate him. What does he have to say? That's why you tune into the show and that's fine. And I, I have no problem with that. Again, you're listening to the Big Brother Jake podcast. Now, Boston Red Sox, 108 wins. Great team. Great manager with Alex Cora. Uh, I was on or with the radio team, the Dodgers radio network. Uh, I traveled with the team. Alex Cora and Dave Roberts were teammates from 2002 to 2004. And I like the guy. He's a big Laker fan. He won't say that out loud probably, but uh, I know for a fact because we used to talk Lakers on the bus and on the plane sometimes. This team is not to be messed with or taken lightly, but they're beatable. I'm not going to break it down. I'm not going to do all the X's and O's and all that other stuff. I know X's and O's are football, so yeah, shut up, football purist. Um, I get it, but there's good pitching, good hitting from batters one to nine. On both teams. Both teams have strong bullpens. Both teams will beat the hell out of each other during this series. But my prediction, A, because I'm a homer and a Dodger fan, B, because I'm a homer and a Dodger fan, I say the Dodgers in seven. I respect the Red Sox. They're not to be taken lightly. But damn it, LA is ready to explode. We are ready for a championship. I mean, shout out to the Sparks. I know they tried. LA Kings, peace to the Kings. You know, I got love for you. Favorite hockey team for more reasons than one, but I've always been down with the Kings since Gretzky. He's the reason why I uh, converted to hockey. But kill all that noise. This city is ready for a baseball World Series championship. The people in this city, there's a lot of Dodger fans, and it's generation after generation after generation. Everybody's listened to Vince Scully on the radio. People have gone to Chavez Ravine and used to spend $6. And if you're old school, you used to fill up your gas tank after the game at the 76 that used to be out in the parking lot. I don't even know if it's still there, but I know we've gotten gas there before. We love our Dodgers in this town. Yes, and I know for those that are outside of L.A., you don't care. You're going to listen anyways, damn it. Don't fast forward. I got something to say about this. The Dodgers are hungry. The Dodger fans are hungry. We're tired of seeing the same played out, and I love Kirk Gibson, but I'm tired of seeing that home run trot where he's, you know, fist pumping. And, you know, I, that was a great moment when I was 12. I'm 42. That was 30 years ago. I don't want to see that. I want to see Justin Turner, you know, throwing his hands up in the air, Manny Machado, like, doing a bat flip, or Yasiel Puig doing the same thing, you know, and sticking his tongue out and licking the bat and running around the bases. I want to see something different. I want to see something different. I want to see something new, okay? That's what I want to see. I want to celebrate. I want to be at this parade. Hopefully, you know, I'm not working. Uh, it's not a work day. Even if it is, 
hey, I'll just, you know, I'll risk it. I want to buy championship gear and a lot of it. I want to be drunk for about a week celebrating with my loved ones. Y'all know who you are. All my close, close friends that are Dodger fans that we all get together and watch the games. I want to be belligerent. I want to be ignorant. I want to act a fool. All without going to jail, of course. But I am ready to celebrate a World Series in this city. I'm serious. It's time to have a good time. It will unite this city more than you've seen in a long time. Not that LA's completely divided, but with times that are going on, you know, racial times and, you know, high class, middle class, poor, whatever, a baseball championship in this city is going to unite us. I have the strongest feeling in the world, at least for a little bit of time, where we don't have to worry about our finances, worry about our political affiliations, worry about what color we are, where we live, our zip codes, our area codes, and we just celebrate. The city needs it. And damn it, I would love to see it because being a lifelong Dodger fan, I've endured a lot of pain and not a lot of pleasure. No, I heard you. It's not marriage. Okay, I'm not equating it to that. So peanut gallery, shut your mouth. But it's time. And that feeling, for those that have never experienced your team winning a championship, you know, I grew up a Laker fan, still a Laker fan. To this day, my loyalty runs deep. Yes, I know I'm a Clipper employee and all that jazz. And I love the Clippers because they took a chance on me and let me get back in the radio. But I'm a Laker fan and I've got to experience a lot of championships. And it's a great feeling. My Chargers will probably never see one. I hope they do at least once before I die. And I may die from that to see the Chargers winning a Super Bowl. I've got to witness the LA Kings win a Stanley Cup twice. But I've only witnessed, you know, I guess with memory, a good memory, my Dodgers winning one. And I know there's like Padre fans. Yeah, and y'all were going against the Dodgers, still going against the Dodgers, talking about, what are you complaining about? At least you've seen some. Yeah, I was 12. Before that, I was what, five? When they went to 81? I don't remember that. I just remember Rick Monday hitting a home run in Montreal and throwing his left hand in the air because he's left-handed. And we knew it was gone, and I asked my dad what happened. And he told me. And the memories I have of game one of the World Series in 1988, was when Kirk Gibson went up. My dad's like, this guy is hurt, but I guarantee you he's going to make something happen. It's going over the wall. He's hitting a home run. My dad said this. I said, Dad, you're crazy. You know I'm 12. I'm crying. We don't lose a game. This sucks. I hate my Dodgers. Why did it make me do this? He's like, boy, shut up. Stop being a baby. Watch the game with the eyes open and watch Kirk Gibson hit the damn home run. And damn it, he did it. And I grabbed my dad and I jumped in his lap and I hugged him like, Dad, you were right. You were right. He said, boy, I told you. You see that? Yeah, now go to bed. It's over. <laughs> that was my dad. But the memory stays with me. But I want those memories with my kids, with my loved ones, with my friends that are coming over. And, and, and we want that. I want to see that in 2018. The champagne parties. I want to go to a parade. I've been to Laker parades. Those are great. Got to be on stage in 2009 uh, at the Coliseum in front of 90,000 people. That was amazing. And a lot of hookups. What up, Ty? Brian Blackmore? Yeah. Shout out to y'all for letting that happen to Matt Cube that day. 
you know, the guy that's behind me on this poster here in my uh, studio slash bungalow slash garage, I want those memories. I want my kids to have those memories. I want to look at my best friends when we're chilling at their house, my house, whatever, and we see that final out. And we grab each other, we hug, and we cry, and we're popping bottles at our house. That's what I want to see. I want to experience it one more time. Los Angeles wants to experience that one more time. Because it's a great feeling. I got spoiled by the Lakers winning so much as a child. And even as a young adult. And a middle-aged man. I mean, I've seen my basketball team win a lot of championships. So you take it for granted. Like, "Ah, every 10 years, we're going to get one or two. LeBron's back. Oh, we're going to get at least one or two. But I can't rely on my football team just yet. They're second banana in Los Angeles. But they're 5-2 and as this is being recorded. But the Dodgers to win it all. Man, it would be so great. It would be amazing. And Boston, I'm the reason why y'all got your first World Series back in 2004. Yeah, I said it. Like, Jake, what the hell are you talking about? Like, what are you saying? Man, you, you're stupid. Well, I probably agree with you that I'm stupid, but I'm the reason. I'm going to tell you why. Quick story time. No music. No, no, no music. When I was with the Dodgers, July 31st, 2004, I go into the clubhouse doing my usual thing, you know, prepping for the day's game. And I always stopped at the clubhouse on my way out to the dugout to survey everything was going on, get a feel of what the atmosphere. And it was a really, really weird vibe in the clubhouse. And I used to talk to Dave Roberts every day. Because it was one of the few players that actually knew me by name. The other one, your Boston Red Sox manager, Alex Cora. Because we used to talk Lakers. But I see Dave Roberts in his locker crying. And I'm thinking, man, did something happen? He lose a family member? What's going on with Dave, man? Dave's good peoples, you know? And I go over there. And I'm like, yo, Dave, what's good, man? You all right? He's like, yo, Suavecito, Jake. That was my nickname. I'll get into that another day. He's like, yo, Suavecito, Jake. They traded me. I'm like, oh, that's funny, man. Yeah, cracking jokes. Okay. He's like, nah. They traded me. Like, where the hell are you going? It's like, they shipped me to um, the Red Sox. I'm going to Boston. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Are you serious? I mean, you love being a Dodger. You went to UCLA. Maury Wills, you know, you, you would spend extended time with him in spring training, bunting and stealing bases. For those that don't know who Maury Wills is, Maury Wells, I say, look him up, Google him, one of the best Dodger players of all time. And I'm like, you really getting traded? Yeah, man. Crying, because he loved being a Dodger. Crying. And it broke my heart, because they always said, don't get close with these players, because it's a business. But when you got somebody, hey, Jake, how you doing? Every single day. Make you feel important. Make you feel big. Like, hey, man, Dave Roberts ahead of me. You know, fanboy out. And to see this man crying, cleaning out his locker, and having to head to Boston was heartbreaking. So I said, Dave, I'm so pissed at this team right now. I want to hurt somebody because you're a good dude. But I tell you what, Dave, you go to Boston and you get you a mother. Boop. <laughs> 
World Series ring. <laughs> and damn it, if he didn't save Boston's ass by getting that stolen base to second, you would have never heard about any damn World Series curse or anything of the big, great, the Bambino curse or whatever the hell. So Boston, you owe me one. And I'm going to be taking retribution, praying and hoping and wishing my Dodgers beat y'all's asses in seven games. Good luck. But damn it, <laughs> we are ready for a huge party in Los Angeles. And we are a city that could accommodate parties like you've never imagined. From Hollywood to the beach, downtown LA is finally jumping after all these years. We know how to party. California knows how to party. You're damn right we do. And we're ready for it. Dodgers in seven over the Red Sox. I have a feeling Justin Turner's finally going to snap out of it or Manny Machado will win the World Series MVP. Our pitching will be precise, but it's definitely going seven games. I'm not a prognosticator. I'm not any expert. I'm not a baseball nerd or a stat geek. I just have a gut feeling. This city is ready to explode with a party. And don't blame me if it doesn't happen. I'm just a, a fat dude with a microphone and some internet connection ready to do a podcast for y'all. Y'all done talking about baseball? I sure the hell am. Let's go. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. All right, y'all. This portion of the Big Brother Jake Podcast is brought to you by Redan and Fields. Ladies and fellas, are you looking for that perfect skincare product, but you're having a hard time trying to find what's right for you? Well, look no further. Redan and Fields has the best skincare line out there. They're the number one skincare line in both the United States and Canada. Their skin redefining products are stunning. Yes, they are. Trust me. Their bright eye complex will take away those raccoon eyes that the kiddos and life in general give us. Ladies, do your lashes need work? They have products that will boost your lashes. People will swear they're fake. Girl, those look fake. Nah, it's real. I've seen these products work firsthand, and the results are amazing. Trust me. Fellas, get in on this too. Love the skin you're in. They're so sure you'll love their products, they'll offer a 60-day empty bottle money-back guarantee. For more information, log into shanaesantana.myrnf.com. That's shanaesantana.myrnf.com for all your skincare needs. Rodan and Fields, tell them Big Brother Jake sent you. And you spell Shanae, S-H-A-N-A-E, santana.myrnf.com. Thank you for coming aboard. Feels good. We got a sponsor. We're official. If you would like to be a sponsor on the Big Brother Jake podcast, you want to pump your small business, you want to talk rates, talk business, hit me up, the Big Brother Jake podcast at gmail.com. Again, the Big Brother Jake podcast at gmail.com. Okay, uh, after doing three episodes of this show, uh, this podcast, a lot of people really don't believe some of the stories I've told or have gone through. But I assure you, they are definitely 100% real. Uh, <laughs> this particular story, it got me because I, I saw this person on the TV, and um, it, I just, it upset me. Uh, let's go ahead, hit that, hit that music. I'm talking like somebody else is here. I'll, I'll play it, hold on. Uh, here we go. Okay, 
The year, now this is a two-part story. The year was 1988. I was at the Irvine Meadows in Irvine, California at the Kiss FM Summerfest, which is now known as, uh, what is it called? Wingo Tango. For those that uh, are local to Southern California and know what Wingo Tango is. So it was an all-day concert at an outdoor amphitheater. You had Cool and the Gang, Vanessa Williams, you had Motley Crue, you had Jeffrey Osborne, you had the Jets, I think, performed there. Sinbad did stand-up comedy. But one of the headliners that day at the concert was DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. They were, I guess, the first hip-hop group or rap group to actually break out and win a Grammy. So they were big. They were huge. Parents Just Don't Understand came out. A Nightmare on My Street. Uh, Several hits. I mean, they were huge. And I was a big fan. Huge fan. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Yeah, my parents just don't understand. You know, I I didn't drive a 90 in my mom's new Porsche because we had a Pacer, maybe an Escort at that time. I'm aging myself. Anyways, I digress. So they did their set. It was dope. You know, finally a hip-hop group standing out amongst all these pop groups and, and rock, which I like all that music too, don't get me wrong, but... I was happy to see some hip hop. And as the show went on, other acts were performing. Both DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince decided they want to go through the crowd. I guess to, you know, have a good time, probably point out some groupies or whatnot. And my brother and I were sitting together at the time. My sister wandered off to the front of the stage. Um, And my mom and my dad, I don't know where they were. But we were together, my brother and I, and I was like, oh, man, look, yo, that's the Fresh Prince. That's the Fresh Prince, man. I'm trying to get his autograph. You want his autograph? Like, yeah, man, go try to get his autograph. So I'm like, all right. So there's a crowd. Of course there's a crowd. They're in the audience, probably looking for groupies or whatnot. You know, that's that's the rock and roll lifestyle. Now, here I am, probably at the time, five foot five, little pudgy kid, huge fan, Wanting an autograph, and I usually don't do autographs, but even at that age, I was more into the pictures, but obviously I didn't have a camera with me, and damn sure didn't have a smartphone. So I settled for an autograph, like, okay, I'm going to try and get this autograph. Well, DJ Jazzy Jeff kind of took off, and, and I'm big into, like, DJing and production, so I was more hyped to meet him, but he was gone. And I see the Fresh Prince, a.k.a. Will Smith. I'm like, oh, yo, Fresh Prince, can I get an autograph? Can I get an autograph? And because he's around a lot of girls, you know, he's a young man at the time. He's like, oh, kid, get away from me. Nah, not right now. We're not doing that now. We're with the ladies, with the honeys. And I was, I felt stupid. I felt really dumb. And I'm like, wow, okay. I'm like, but I expected to get brushed off. I was like, okay. I go back to my seat. My brother's like, yo, you get an autograph. I'm like, nah, man, didn't get an autograph. Sucks. I really wish I would have got it, but he was around a lot of girls, so didn't happen. All right. Fast forward six years later. Uh, at Pacific High School, San Bernardino, California, we used to have these opportunities where we could go watch tapings of TV shows. Like, I saw 
the Byron Allen show one time. Don't ask me why they sent us there. It was terrible. Sorry, but I mean, I can't hate on Byron Allen. He bought the Weather Channel. That's fact. Look it up. Uh, went to a taping of the Sinbad show. That was pretty dope. That was when Ray J was like eight years old. And he had a little attitude then. And then he made Kim Kardashian famous for other reasons, but we won't get into that. And I curse him for that. It's his fault all this happened with the Kardashians. But I digress. Went to a taping of Love Connection. Somebody bet me 50 bucks to say, Chuck Wilgery, didn't you used to be really fat when you hosted Wheel of Fortune? I won 50 bucks because y'all know I, I don't care. I'm crazy like that. And I almost got kicked out the studio. I did apologize later, but he was not having it. <laughs> That's a true story. But the taping we went to was the Fresh Prince of Bella. And I was like, hmm, yeah, I guess I'll go. I like the show. You know, even though I was dissed, but I, I didn't pay it no mind. It was a one-time thing. So we go, and it's the episode where Jazzy Jeff gets married. And they're wearing, like, white and green. And after every, like, joke, or every time there's applause, there's a little extra applause, I made sure to clap extra after everybody was done. That was me. So if you ever see that episode, listen closely. I'm not kidding. Anyways. So they're about to do, they're in between takes, it's the middle of the show, and they usually play music, and like Uncle Phil, you know, R.I.P., he's over there dancing, you know, and Alfonso Ribeiro's doing his thing, and you know, everybody's having a good time, Hillary's not talking to anybody, I'm calling them character names, because, you know, Karen Parsons, okay, she's over there just like, just chilling, but not really talking to anybody, uh, and then they had a contest. And, you know, people with special talents they had to warm up act Some comedian, I can't remember who it was They're like, oh, you know, what, what's your talent? Because everybody said, yo, this kid can freestyle So I was like, yo, I'm down So I had everybody clapping, bust a little freestyle You know, got some applause and a free t-shirt Fresh Prince of Bel-Air shirt I'm sure there's pictures around floating on the internet Or, you know, somewhere my friends have me in that shirt I had that shirt for probably four or five years Before I got rid of it Anyways, so I guess it took a little longer. There's some production issues or something. And the Fresh Prince, a.k.a. Will Smith, comes into the audience. And everyone loses it. Understandably so. You know, he's, he's at his prime. He's got a hit TV show. He's still doing music. So he's got it going on. And I'm like, this is my chance again. This is my chance to redeem myself and get this autograph and it's going to be, it's going to happen. This is going to happen. So, of course, the ladies are surrounding him, the girls, and he's, of course, catering to the females. That's, that's what you do when you're famous and you're a young single male. I don't think he was married at the time. If he was, whatever. But he was entertaining his audience. So, I go up to him. And I'm like, yo, Will Smith, is it cool if I get an autograph? He's like, you know, not this ain't the time right now. Even though he's signing autographs to females. Like, he's literally signing autographs for every female there. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, for real? Man, back in 88 at the Irvine Meadows, man, you dissed me hardcore. And I'll never forget this. This guy says, I dissed you in 88. I'm going to diss you in 94. Ah! Snaps his fingers and does that weird laugh he does on the show and everybody's cracking up laughing and i feel i'm a big dude but i felt so small that day 
and embarrassed. And everything in me, the San Bernardino in me wanted to knock him out so bad. But I had to eat that and just swallow my pride. <laughs> that was so embarrassing. That was like the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me. It's one thing if, you know, you fall down in front of a girl you think is fly or you fart in front of a girl, you know, you're trying to get with in high school. All that stuff is bad. But there was a girl I was trying to holler at, and I'm not going to say who it was. You might know who you are, but I'm not going to incriminate that person or myself. Trying to impress her. It didn't work. And after that happened with Will Smith, that damn sure didn't work. That damn sure didn't work. So not only did I not get an autograph, I got embarrassed and laughed at. And the girl I was trying to holler at was like, nah, bro. Ain't happening. All in one swoop of a moment. I went from the highest to high. Winning this free t-shirt because I was busting a dope, in my opinion, a dope freestyle, which is dope for 1994. And yes, I can still freestyle. I'm not, you know, I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't, don't, don't tempt me. I'll do it. I love to do it still. But, you know, I'm on a high, man. Like, yeah, I just flowed, hoping that somebody in the audience or production crew was like, yo, that kid can flow. Obviously, I didn't get a contract when I left there. So, <laughs> no contract. Free t-shirt. I'm on a high. But then. No girl, embarrassed, and want to fight, but had to eat eat it and just chill. And to this day, I cannot watch or listen to anything that has to do with Will Smith. Because I was embarrassed by that dude. And yeah, I know, people might say I'm slandering. People might say whatever. And I guarantee you, I'd put my house, cars, and anything I own on the line <laughs> that he wouldn't even remember that moment. Because he's probably like what? nah i never did that but it happened he did it he embarrassed me and i still like the fresh prince of bel-air but it's only because of alfonso ribeiro and dj jazzy jeff and uncle phil and jeffrey was clowning all the time now i'm sorry i don't know names but yeah the show was good but man every time i see it i cringe and then i won't watch i haven't watched any of his movies except bad boy 2 and Pursuit of Happiness, because that was a good movie, but man, that guy, <laughs> you know, if anyone knows Will Smith and we can meet up, I would accept his apology and I'd watch his movies and probably think he's a great guy, but that killed it for me. They always say never meet your heroes. I looked up to this cat because they took a stand at the Grammys and said, if we're going to win this award, well, we want to be present and we want it to be on TV. If not, we're not accepting it. That took a lot of courage to do that at the time because hip hop was not getting its proper love at the Grammys. And they stood their ground. So I admired him for that. And I even still own the cassette tape, their first album. I still bump Summertime. I think it's a dope jam. But every time I see, look at, or hear Will Smith, there's just a, a feeling of embarrassment that comes over me. So y'all can still like him. I don't care. I hope that didn't change your mind. And I'm not trying to like throw him out there like that, but it just hit me today. And yeah, I thought it'd be an interesting story to tell. I got plenty of these, plenty of these, but enough of Will Smith, Fresh Prince, whatever. Let's roll out. Let's move on. Let's, let's, let's move on. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Okay, so 
We've established the Dodgers will win in seven games because I respect the Boston Red Sox, but LA's ready to party. We've established that Will Smith treated me like a jerk, not once but twice, and cost me a chance to hook up with my crush and embarrass me in front of all these people. So we, we've had some fun. But this particular subject I'm about to discuss right now is something that really, really gets on my nerves. I see it on social media. I've witnessed it. And it's the term daddy duties. Like, if you go on these celebrity websites and you see, oh, so-and-so is performing their daddy duties. This guy, oh, wow, look, he's babysitting his kids. Okay, look. I'm fortunate enough to where I have a job where I get plenty of time off in between gigs. So I get to spend time with my little baby Beluga. I watch her. I take her to the playground. So when I go, there's a lot of moms there. I don't assume anything. Maybe they have the day off. Maybe they're homemakers. Maybe they're just on vacation. But never, ever, ever, ever do I assume they're a homemaker or they're unemployed, so they're there watching the kids and that's their only duty. I don't do that. I don't think it's fair to just prejudge somebody, prejudge, you you know, judge somebody, I should say. Sorry. I know Tom Looney would get on me for that. Yeah, he'll be a guest on the show. That guy's amazing. Fox Sports Radio alumni. Anyways, I I do that from time to time. I I, I sidetrack. But I was at the playground not too long ago with baby Beluga. And the moms are there. Usually on Tuesdays they meet at the park, and I try to avoid that meeting. I think it happens around 9 o'clock. And a lot of them just get together, and that's fine, you know. Do your thing. But when they see a male with their child at the playground, They find it unusual sometimes. Sometimes there's dads there with the wives or the girlfriends or domestic partner, whatever. Nobody questions that. You get a male that's by himself, pushing their child on the swings, helping helping them go down the slides, whatever. And they're friendly. They want to get to know you. You know, I mean, I, I like to get to know people. If I'm in an area that I'm in most of the time and I see somebody that's not normally there, I like to get to know them, welcome them, make them feel like they can be here, that they're part of everything, and kind of survey the situation. Yeah, you can call it sometimes for safety reasons, and that's fine. But what is so damn unusual about a father while their child's mother's at work taking their kid to the playground. And it's not just one person that was inquisitive. It was a couple. And not just one particular area. It's happened to other parks I've visited. Where they say, oh, hi, um, what's your name? Oh, my name's Jake. How you doing? Oh, fine, my name is blah, blah, blah. Oh, so... I see you out here, you know, visiting the park, enjoying time with your child. Yeah, yeah, I'm having a good time. You know, I love spending time with my kids. 
Also, are you a divorced parent? No. I like spending time with my kids. Oh. So, do you work? What's that got to do with anything because I'm here? No, no, no. Do, no disrespect. I, I, I just like to know. Some of us are homemakers. Some of us have the day off. Well, why didn't you just assume I had the day off? I, I don't have to be at work today. I'm off. And I want to take my kid to the park. Now, before you say, oh, are you trying to make it a race thing? Are you trying to make? No. It's a society issue. When women take care of their kids, they're not babysitting the kids. They're taking care of the kids. When a dad takes care of their kids, it's, oh, he's on daddy duty. Oh, he's, you know, babysitting his children. They're my kids. So if I take care of my kids, I'm taking care of my kids. I'm not babysitting my kids. I don't have parental custody of my kids, so I want to spend time with them. And that's what's sad. The assumption that a male will take his children to the park, playground, whatever, and you got a couple of busybodies that kind of want to know your situation. Now, I'm an open book and I'm a friendly person, so if you approach me, and you want to talk and be friendly, I'm going to be friendly back. I do it all the time. Grocery stores, malls, shopping centers, beaches, events, whatever. If you're friendly and you talk, I'm going to talk back. I love, to, I love to interact with people. I like to get to know people. But the stigma of males with their wives or girlfriends, significant others not around, taking their kids out, and having fun with them, that they assume I'm not working or I'm a divorcee. And that's unfair. Or that men just don't know how to take care of kids. I can do my kids' hair. I know how to braid. I know how to cook. For those that follow me on Instagram on my Big Brother Jake page, make sure you also follow the Big Brother Jake podcast page also on instagram i like to show off my culinary arts i make some bomb fried rice you know what maybe i'll just have a remote uh, the big brother jake podcast live from so-and-so and we just have a big ass barbecue and i grill and i make fried rice yeah i might do that but yeah, i ain't doing it out of pocket by myself some of y'all gotta come out the pockets and we'll call it a a potluck but I digress again. It's just something about that phrase, daddy duties. Something about, oh, well, you're taking care of your kids while your wife gets a break. Don't always assume my wife's always watching the kids. That's unfair. And I know this is going to rub some people the wrong way. And I like to poke the bear, so to speak. I don't mind stirring the pot. Because... I go through it. I don't think it's cool, but it's something that happens quite often. You know, I go to the store and I'll, because I, I, I say my youngest child because my older two are in school. So in the afternoon, I have time to go shopping. I'll go to the store. Oh, so helping out the wife. Is she out of town or something? 
What? No, you know, there is, there are males out there that know how to take care of themselves, know how to take care of their families, know how to, I don't know, function like a parent. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm the same guy that took his daughter to the doctor this afternoon and went to the wrong building because that's the building I'm used to going to. It was a different appointment. It happens. Yes, my wife is most of the brains of the operation, but it's 100-100 in my house, and I take care of my kids, and I'm responsible for a lot of things around here, just like my wife is. And all you married couples, the ones that know, know. You know what your husband or your wife can do and what they can't do. I'm a little more lenient. I'm not as strict as some parents might be. You know, I'll sneak you. Oh, yeah, you have some ice cream. I'll, 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 don't worry about mommy. I do those things. But I know how to parent and discipline. I think it's unfair when you see a male figure in a grocery store at the playground with their kids and you get some nosy person Oh, so daddy duties, huh? No, man, I'm taking care of my kids. That's what you're supposed to do as a parent. And, you know, I thought it was just a one-time thing. But (laughs) different cities, different locations, different scenarios, I get it quite a bit. And it's not cool. They're single parents. That bust their ass. I come from a single parent home. There's fathers that are single, but there's fathers that are married and they both can have the capabilities to be able to take care of their children just like the wives can. Now, granted, especially in my house, my wife, she's really good with the school stuff. She's really good with all those things. She remembers everything. She's on top of everything. Way more than I am. But where I lack in some things, I excel in others. And it's unfair. And I think it's unfair to to assume if you're a woman and your kids are at the playground and you're there in the middle of the day, you're just a housewife or you're not working. Or I never assume that. I never assume that. For the same reason I get upset when it's assumed of me. Can we can we just stop with the assumption that if a male has the day off and he's taking care of his kids, that he's a single dad or he's on daddy duty because mommy needs time at the spa? That stigma is ridiculous. And it's upsetting. And I'm nice about it, so I'm like, no, actually, I have the day off. Um... I never really name drop to strangers where I work because I don't want to come across as that guy. Oh, I work for this team or that team because that's that's douchey. I mean, yeah, it's it's that's D bag esque, and I don't play that. But come on, for you little busybodies out there that want to make assumptions, 
Fellas can take care of their kids just as well as the wives can, or their girlfriends, significant others. Most, almost all my male friends that have kids, I'll say all my male friends because I won't hang out with a deadbeat. They take care of their kids, know how to do their hair, know how to cook, be great fathers, know what their kids need, don't have to always depend on the wife for everything. You know, speaking up for the dads out there, we hold it down and we do what we got to do. I know that's like, what's this topic come out of left field? It's something I wanted to talk about on this podcast, but I waited simply for the fact I thought it was just a one-time thing. But having switched over to this new gig where I have a lot of free time and I can go to the park a lot more, it happens more than once. And it's not a cool scenario. (laughs) But I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to end it on that note. All right. Episode four is in the books. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Brother Jig podcast. Like I said, Dodgers in seven versus the Red Sox. I want this city to party like we've never partied before. I am so ready for a championship. I want to thank all those that uh, have supported. Go to soundcloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake podcast. If you haven't yet, go to iTunes and subscribe to the Big Brother Jake podcast. When I put it up, you get it first. So support, retweet, put it on your social media, tell a friend, play it in your office, play it in your car, when you're carpooling, play it at the park when you're getting accused of being a single dad. (laughs) Just spread the word out. I really appreciate the love. Sorry for the lag, the the, the lag in the podcasting. Um, we will be more. We it's me doing it. I will be more consistent with putting this up because I don't want to lose momentum, and I'm having a lot of fun doing this. And again, you want to push a product, the Big Brother Jake Podcast at gmail.com. You want to be a guest, the Big Brother Jake Podcast at gmail.com. Email me. If you feel you have a compelling topic you want to talk about, I'm all ears. And I got extra microphones, so let's make it happen. Again, thank you for the love. Thank you for the support. Until next week, let's hope the Dodgers are up or have won the World Series already. All right? Deuces. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast.